0: Welcome to the AC Wildcats podcast with Brad Alice. I'm Mike Luke. You know the drill brought to you by DraftKings. You put down five bucks, you get $150 in free plays as long as you're a new customer. It doesn't matter who wins. Now, I'm an idiot. We had actually started about three minutes ago, and then I realized that Brad and I were just talking to each other because I didn't hit the go live button.
1: That's okay. I'm an idiot. I had the NFL Network on in the background and left the volume up
0: but we did have something that was fun to say first and foremost joined by one of the dawns of the arizona sports scene brad is a modest man he doesn't want to call himself the boss of all bosses nor put himself on the commission Mike Luke puts Brad Alice on the commission right there. I humbly
1: accept, unless you're going to take me into an empty carpeted room. Yeah, well, we're not going to do
0: that. But what we are going to talk about is some Arizona basketball preseason rankings, making fun of ASU, a little bit of football. Adia Barnes gets a big commitment. But first. Arizona basketball generally is looked at, if you look at any of the rankings, somewhere between 7 to 15 in the preseason rankings. Okay, there we go. Hello from Witchfield Park. Hello there, Connor. Um, I think that, uh, oh, by the way, Brad, you got a following here. Like We like twelve Tuesdays at 1230. Tuesdays, good thing to look forward to here.
1: I uh, appreciate it, KB. And, of course, Sean, bear down and go Cougs. Okay,
0: so... My question is this, is Arizona basketball back to the point now where people are, or where the national media just kind of looks at it and says, Arizona is a brand, it's going to figure itself out, um, kind of, you know, back to where it was, you know, during the Miller heyday, during the Lute heyday, where yes, you lost a lot of guys, but you also look at it and figure that you're going to be able to figure some things out.
1: I think it's uh, simple basketball math. I think some of that is there. You know, I think one reason Arizona wasn't ranked last year is no one knew what Tommy Lloyd could do. Right. Um, I think the other thing is you didn't know how good some of these guys actually were. Right. Um, now, here's what you do. Without any other change, you had a team that made a legitimate play for the number one overall seed. Mm-hmm. Yes, you lost your best score. And yes, you lost a legit for college parliance, borderline All-American big man. A defensive lost,
0: changing big man.
1: And you lost a key role player. Right. But you return everyone else of note. Right. Um, You bring in, at worst, let's assume they don't add another single player, which we know is not going to happen. A borderline five-star big man, who again mm-hmm. is not going to replace Coloco, but... If you're looking one to three, one to four of your right. bigs, you might be better, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, you, you know, Tubelis will be better than last year. Balo will be better than last year, and then you, and I would guess that Anderson will be better than Balo was at the beginning of the year. Very different right. players. You get the full year of Pella Larson, who ended up rounding into being the sixth man of the year, and everyone else you expect to take a, a jump, a leap. Now. Are you going to miss Ben Matherin? Of course you are. Um, but when you are in position to replace him with assuming they get Dallan Terry back, with mm-hmm. a better version of Dallin Terry mm-hmm. and with a, a improved version of Adama ball, you start doing the math and you're like, yeah, it feels like seven to fifteen to me. Feels like a three to three to five seed. Yeah. Um now we don't know what else is going to happen in the transfer portal. We don't know about reclassifying we don't know about european big men european swing players uh there could for all we know there's a there's a canadian out there who wants to come and be the next bit we don't know Mm -hmm. um but if this team gets no other players you know shane noel sorry shane you you don't matter in this equation um you're looking at a team that should be you know what no worse than than a five seed
0: Right. Now, Azulis Tabelas, let's talk about him because he's kind of gotten lost in everything here. You know, people talking about Daylan Terry, all the moves, who you're bringing in. It's easy to forget because of the meltdown he had in the NCAA tournament, but it's easy to forget that Azulis Tabelas, when he's playing well as a bad boy, I mean, this is a guy that can put up 17 and eight. And quite frankly, that's, those are kind of the numbers that I expect next year. So, you look at this Arizona roster and yes, Daylon Terry to me will be the most important player, but as you list is going to be the one that I would expect to be the leading scorer. And I think a lot of people are forgetting just how good he can be and how good he has been at times during his career.
1: What I think happens, I think he had a combination of a, he, yeah, he, he kind of crumbled at the end. B he he dealt with some injuries mm-hmm. and C I think we just got so excited about how good Coloco got, and frankly how good Omar Ballo got by the end right. of the year, that we forget because Tubelis is not—he's not sexy right. as a as a big man. Um, you know, he doesn't block shots into the third row. He doesn't—he uh, doesn't drain three pointers. He—he's a, for lack of a better word, kind of a boring player. He's mm-hmm. put backs. He's up and unders. He, you know, occasionally he'll drive the lane. Um, but he's got a little bit of that.
0: He's got a little bit of that. Michael Wright in him. Not necessarily. They're both lefties, but you know, like there's nothing really sexy about it, but you're going to get right.
1: It's fairly, you know, again, I think a a comparison was, and it's ironic because how his NBA career came, but you know, Channing Fry, Mm -hmm. you blink and he's at 12 and 10, Right. Um, exactly, Cause he didn't shoot three pointers and call. I mean, he laid a living on the perimeter of the event. He was just a putback guy. You, you know, you feed him down low. He had some post moves. Um, it's not exciting, but next thing you know, you got a double double or you got 12 and eight or you got 17 and eight. And that's what Tubelis is. And I think, you know, when we were talking about this team at probably around this exact same time last year, if not a few months later, who do we think were the two best players on the team? To Bellis and Matherin. And I Correct. think you could actually make the argument that probably. Yeah,
0: Tabellis to, to was maybe the best of the two. If,
1: and if you take the season as a whole, Tabellis and Matherin were probably the best, at least offensive players. Uh, the problem is, yeah, he had the injury, which set him back for a few weeks. And then whatever happened, whether it was a re-aggravation, whether it was just hit the wall, whether it's just bad matchups, maybe just, yeah, just head wasn't in it. And, you know, we don't know about what's going on in their private lives either. Um You know, I mean, as silly as it sounds, guys guys have broken up with girlfriends and gone into a two-week slump. And I'm sure with
0: as long as Brad Alice has been around, Brad can probably – Brad probably knows of some specific examples.
1: uh, Yeah, I can think of some that have even chased guys out of the program. But, you know, I happen to know that guys get – you know, I don't think I speak out to Ricky Anderson went into a little bit of slump his senior year, and and Gardner and Walton claimed it was because he got a new girlfriend. Right. And he was just – You know, instead of taking 150 shots after practice, it was 145, but that was enough to, you know, mess up his rhythm. Um, So we don't know. And, again, I'm not going to – I don't want to speculate. For all I know, you know, again, high ankle sprains that don't heal right, maybe just had some bad games. But the fact is I will speculate. He's a good player. He's a very Mm -hmm. good player, and I expect him to be a very good player. And maybe if he can use a little of this as motivation, a little chip on his shoulder, you know, uh, Tommy accidentally leaves the play of him, you know, messing up the fast break. That motivates him great because I'm expecting him to be, uh, you know, one of the two or three best players on this team. And there's a chance he could be an all Pac-12 first team guy.
0: Well, and look at the front court for Arizona basketball next year. Now there are some questions about the back court. We're going to get to that here in a little bit, but Arizona's front court right now, let's just assume, obviously for sake of argument, that Daylon Terry's back. I believe he's going to be back. I think William believes he'll be back. So you've got Daylon Terry, Azulis Tabellas. And a combination at that five spot of an Umar Ballo and possibly a impactful big man from overseas, that's as good as there is in the conference there, Brad. There, No matter who UCLA has, I've already named two guys who should be all-conference in Terry and uh, Tabellis, and a guy in Ballo who certainly has a role and a potentially other
1: talented guy. It's that's as good as there is. Dylan Anderson would start for how many teams of the Pac-12 next year? Nine? ASU. Eight? Right. mm mm-hmm. No, I mean he's starting. He's starting for Washington. He's starting for Washington State. He's starting for Oregon State. Uh, he, so he's he's good. Now he may play five minutes a game, right? But he's he's a big. We don't know what the the kid from uh, is, it, is it Croatia or, or Ser- Serbia. Uh, but he's a six nine small forward. We don't know. Borum can. Cannon. Get used to the name. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't hit my pronunciation guide yeah. yet. Um, but he's a six nine wing player who may or may not play. You know, kimballo swing out to the three. Uh, a ball, excuse me. So, yeah, you have bodies, but if you just look at the three, let's assume worst case scenario to, ba- to Bellis, Balo, Terry.
0: Mm-hmm. It did.
1: That's not bad. Who, who, you know, maybe when the smoke clears, Oregon might have a better front court, but. Uh, that that's probably about it in the past you know what it feels like
0: it feels like a little bit of, of a little bit not a ton a little bit It feels a little bit like that kind of that 95 96 front court a little bit where you got Ben Davis you got JB up there. You kind of know what you got right there. Small forward obviously isn't uh, isn't as good as Dalen Terry, but there's a little bit of that going on and that team turned out to be really good. Granted there was more talent in the backcourt than I think that uh, this team is bringing back. And let's get but to that
1: you have more, and, and and no no slight to those guys. You got more talent in the front court. No doubt. No doubt. I, I would mean, agree the, with that. When you got the two combined. No, apologies to JB and and, and 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 you know Davis might be bearing those two guys, but no, you've got yeah, you've got uh, I mean again, it's That's two quality starters. That's, and they're tough matchups. Right. Because they're big physical. I mean, you're, you're now dealing with third year player to Bellas. Fourth year in college for Ballo. And a Ballo too, that we
0: need to talk about here that could have a, think about it this way. I didn't expect anything from him coming in. I really didn't. I thought that this was maybe just a guy, give you a few minutes, go, you know, elbow a couple guys in the back and (laughs) get him out of there. He, there were games when he was maybe the best big man on the court. I mean, you think back to the Pac-12 title game where he had five blocks and, what, seven rebounds, eight points. I mean, there were times when he was out there where he was an impactful player. And I think people kind of forget that.
1: Yeah, and again, look at how just how far he came from that first game in mid-November until the NCAA tournament. Right. Where he was a totally different guy. And again, there are going to be games where the other teams are not going to have anyone physically capable of matching up because Tupelis is a big, strong kid too. We forget again, because he doesn't bully ball. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't really throw down, but he's a layup guy. He's a 12 foot jumper guy, Um, but he's a big, strong kid too. And, you know, you're going to get some of these six, seven, six, five front lines that no matter how athletic and how much they try to run around, they're just going to get destroyed on the glass, get destroyed with pitbacks. You're going to be able to go, you know, and Tommy Lloyd showed that he really likes sometimes the, uh, when getting fronted, trying to go over the top right. of the defense. And and these guys are going to have some games where they feast. Now there'll be some other games where they're going to be athletically, you know, uh, I assume at some point USC will have two six nine mobile forwards <laughs> For out sure. there. And block who, shots, yeah, yeah, who will give them some trouble? But uh, you know, most nights Arizona is going to be bigger, taller, and more physical in the front line.
0: Brad, have I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app code word PHNX? You have. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you again. Now
1: you're synonymous with it. Now, all right.
0: Here's the deal, and you guys need to get on this. I'm going to tap. I'm going to pat. I'm going to tap myself. I'm going to pat myself on the back here. When I told you all about the Miami Heat, they were at plus 1,200 to win it all. Now they're down to plus 550. Now you might be saying, man, I thought Mike was an idiot this whole time. I still think he is an idiot, but I want to put some money down on it now just because it's getting better. DraftKings Sportsbook app. You put down 5 bucks, you get $150 in free plays, new customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem, call
1: 1-800-NEXT-STEP. All right, Brad.
0: Thought he did a good job right there with that one. I
1: think that was excellent. Okay, now yeah, let's let's, credit you for the Miami Heat because I've been paying attention to them mostly to just see how wrong you were, and I'm like, oh, man, Mike knows some stuff. They're actually good. Yeah. Now they're and now now they're getting Philly without Embiid for at least what maybe one more game, maybe more. It doesn't matter how it
0: happens. You just survive. Survive in advance.
1: Hey, that's it. That NBA title will not have an asterisk and you're winning some DraftKings will we'll, we'll, we'll still spend the same.
0: So on the perimeter then, um, my main question, I believe that Kerr, and we've talked about this quite a bit, but I got a little bit of a different angle. I believe Kerr Creasa is a better shooter than he showed um, than he showed so far. You, I think you can tell by the form, by Tommy Lloyd's, um, by Tommy Lloyd's, con- or by the way, Sean Seeley, I agree with you, Suns at 5 against Dallas. Um, by Tommy Lloyd's, uh, uh, confidence in what Kirk Kresa can do, that he can shoot well. Pella Larson certainly showed as the season went on that he's a, that he's a good shooter. I think Dalen Terry is going to be the guy, though, that is going to have the ball in his hands a lot, though, because I'm not sure that not either one of those guys can create in the manner in which Dalen is able to. Would you look for Dalen to maybe be kind of a, I mean, not a full time point, obviously, but certainly a little bit in that point forward role.
1: Yeah, and I think for a couple of reasons. One, it's best for this team. Mm. Two, it's best for his draft stock. Right. Um, you know, he is going to barring just an absolute explosion in offensive game. Um, mm. he's going to play in the NBA as a dual-purpose player, as right. a three and D modern wing, and as a as a secondary ball handler, backup point guard, or or at least when you bring the backup point guard on the court, he helps him out. You know, right. kind of when you play, you know, for, for a Suns thing, when you bring campaign out and you have Booker out there with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's his role, uh, you know. So the more he can showcase his ability to not only create for himself, but create for others is going to help his draft stock. And when he goes from a, you know, a, a fringe, well, frankly, in a 24 in a, in a month span from a guy who was, you know, what, the eighth man on, on right. Miller's last team. To a lottery pick, guess who wins? Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd. Uh, because you're saying, look, uh, I, you know, he's going to get a lottery pick this year. And then, granted, Miller mm-hmm. recruited him. But, you know, Ben Mather is not the same player last year that he was. Correct. Miller. And again, some of that's natural development. This is not a hate on Sean Miller. I'm not a Sean Miller hater, but I'm a Tommy Lloyd uh, fan. You're boy, a Tommy I'm
0: Lloyd saying. enthusiast.
1: Yes. Um. So, yeah. So all that benefits the team and Alan Terry. And I think we've seen that the way Tommy Lloyd has constructed this team with both what he inherited and what he brought in, he wants, for lack of a better word, three combo guards on the floor whenever possible. Right. I mean, Pella Larson is in essence, you know, while he's a two guard, he's a two guard who can handle the ball, create some offense. Adama Ball has the background in playing some point guard in Europe as well as being, you know, he's a guy who might be able to play three positions for Arizona, frankly. Uh, Justin Kyer was a combo guard. Most of the guys who their name has been attached to in the portal have been combo guards. Um, So, and again, a lot of that's the European style, too. Let's not forget that, you know, in Europe, you know, everyone sh- ball handles way more than they necessarily do in, in the American college game, but that's what he wants. So yeah, the, the Terry happens to be a perfect example of that. And again, it benefits him and the team uh, to be a guy who, yeah, in crunch time has the ball in his hands that he can create his own shot. He can drive and dish, um, you know, but then when, when Kirk Reese is having one of those games where he's in the flow, you just step back and, uh, you know, knock down some corner threes. All right,
0: so Brad, let's now, I want to ask you, let's just let, transition over to football here real quickly. Arizona's looking to follow up this 2022 recruiting class with another great one right there. And here's the question, I guess, here's the question I have. Jed Fish is certainly shown that he's going to have the, um, he, he's going to have everybody out there recruiting. They're going to show everything. At what point do you need to start winning games? to be able to tell kids, okay, it's more than just a vision. It's an actuality on the field. Does that need to happen this year? And if so, is there a magic number for that?
1: I think more so this year, what you need to do is you need to show a level of competence, a level of competition that was missing last year. And frankly, um, that what you're selling is coming true. Right. So if you said, you know, look, we're going to get the tight end involved and Burnett's not making catches, then you're going to have trouble with the next tight end. If you say we're going to be whatever you're promising in the offense, we're going to be a pro style offense and we're going to have our quarterback, you know, ready to play in the NFL. And suddenly people are putting Jaden DeLara in mock drafts, even if it's the 2024 mock draft, then you're selling that. You right. know, you 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 show that uh, you're getting the most out of these young guys. That the young guys who get their opportunity are ready to play. You just have to show whatever you've been selling, right? Is is coming true, and that doesn't necessarily mean you have to win six or seven football games. It might mean winning three, but you know, giving Mississippi State a scare, uh, going into the fourth quarter, and that's what they sold this year. You know, we everyone, I think, and rightfully so, is focused on that uh nau loss the recruits weren't looking at that the recruits were looking at the oregon game right Recruits are looking at the u uh ucla game recruits are looking at the utah game and going oh mm-hmm. yeah this team's close right and what you're selling is you're selling oh by the way you uh you know scott still linebacker defensive back you, know, you would have won the utah game for us right so that, that, that right that that's what you can sell yeah. So and that's what you have to do now. And, and and now you're saying, look, look at how we develop this guy. Look how we're developing that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, especially the guys who go to the same school. So if you're if you played against, you know, I I not not so much the T Mac, but let's say you played against Jacob Manu and suddenly he's in the rotation and you're like, Man, Manu is good now, but you know, he's playing Pac-12 football. Right. Great. Or, you know, you're from one of you know, you're from Chandler or Hamilton, you're seeing some of your your teammates and wow! Look at how much stronger he got. Look how good he looks. Right, and he comes back and goes, "Oh, it's a blast, man!" These coaches—that's what you're selling. Right. Um, now, the next year, you you probably have to be bowling in year three. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that could be the you know the 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 last bowl slot for the Pac-12, because um, I think this is realistically a three. You know, this has to be a probably a four-year build, five-year build. I mean, just look, Arizona not only didn't have a player drafted. They've only got two who signed free agent deals and one other getting a tryout, right? Two of those were walk-ons, right? It's Barry. I don't think Haversek was a recruited, I don't one. believe Maybe he was, he was either. And if he right. was, he, but you know, oh, Pandy, Pandy is you know, he's got a tryout, but you know, I mean, Barry is the only one who has really, I think, a shot of making a team, right? Um, then that just shows you the lack of talent that uh, you know, Arizona had when again. They couldn't even get four or five guys. Right. Free agent deals. Mm. I mean, Rich Rod it, did that routinely.
0: Right. But, and see, but here, and so like, I thought Jed Fish put out something interesting and I like Jed Fish doing this. He set out when he, when Arizona was shut out of the draft for the fifth time in 10 years, which by the way, is amazing. When you think about it, 200 and something, 30 guys are drafted and you don't get one out of 50% of the time. The last decade, Jed Fish said never again. So you look at this roster now and my guy, KB Thiel, on there thinks that Jacob Cowing is going to be a draft pick next year. I would imagine somebody's going to get drafted from this year's team next year.
1: You know, you look at Yeah, I think there's a, f- a few guys. Uh, you know, you can look at uh, um, Jason Harris or Jalen right. Harris as a guy who potentially could get drafted. Um, you, a, couple of, you know, a couple of the receivers, maybe. Um, realistically, we're two or three years away um from from impact draft but yeah you have to start getting guys drafted you have to start getting guys into i mean as bad as it is and it's not going to help them i mean asu had what five six guys drafted and they were mediocre last year right you know i think the best example is look at utah first round linebacker i think they had a third round defensive tackle they don't recruit a bunch of five-star guys i don't know i don't remember anyone talking up devin lloyd out of high school Right. Um, But yeah, that's the way to do it. That's the way Arizona has to do it. And again, um, the bigger, I think, indictment will be if the guys who look like slam dunk draft picks, you know, T-Mac, Burnett. Right. uh, A few of these guys aren't drafted. Then you start worrying. But yeah, you have to start getting some of those names called. You have to start seeing those guys on Sundays because that is important. Because right now, if you're, you know, if you're the third string, whatever, at Georgia, you think you're getting drafted. For sure, and, and and rightfully so.
0: Was Dick Tomey able to sell? Was Dick Tomey able to sell? Because Dick Tomey actually put quite a few guys into the NFL. Was he able to sell that on the recruiting trail, and was it effective?
1: I think so, but I don't think it was as important as it is today, right? Um, because we just didn't know as much. About, I mean, again, I did cover recruiting back then, but there wasn't there was no online service. Right. Uh, we used to get one of three things, one well, super prep magazine, uh, you know, some of those things. And you looked up and you just started making phone calls. Um, but I'm not sure today. You know, you look at some of the guys he pulled out of the Juco's, Molatalos. Those guys would have been much more well known now. You That's, know, even, Trunk candidate wouldn't been, have been a secret because his team was like two and eight. Because He right. went on to a combine. Brad, I'm going to
0: put you in charge of being the ASU Athletic Director here in just a second, but again, got to pay the bills. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. You put in five bucks, get $150 in free plays if you're a new customer. NBA games are going on right now. Hop on. This is a great deal. All right, ASU has essentially lost pretty much everybody. And you look at it and these are some guys that are going these and some of these guys are good. They're going to big time schools. They're going to Ohio State. They're going to LSU. They're going to Florida State. They're going to USC. What do you do if you are Ray Anderson or maybe even the president right there? Because you're the way you're hemorrhaging talent and not acquiring any talent. You're not. Things aren't going to get better. Things are only going to get worse. Do you just ride with Herm until this uh, until no, the
1: sanctions come I would, down? Do do? I, I, I would have. I I would have asked Herm nicely to retire about three months ago. Right. Burnout. Uh, you know what? I miss. I miss ESPN. I miss Teddy at ESPN. Um, you know, the Lord has spoken to me. He would like me to go and and do more charitable work. You know, college football's the landscape with the NIL and. Uh, Whatever. Just, right. you know, bow out gracefully, even though we know he's being fired. Um, I, Again, I'm assuming I'm ASU athletic director who's trying to win and not trying yeah. to put another plant. Because if not, Keith Smith's my new head coach. What you I, do you think? I'm taking the program. But I'll tell you what I do. And I think I've mentioned this on your show. I go hire Kenny Dillingham.
0: Mm-hmm. He has
1: ties to Phoenix. Um, He is young. He's hungry. And I say you got seven. Right. Seven years. And then I tell him, I want, I want, uh, we got to figure out a gimmick. Cause we're not going right. to, we're, we're, and, and I don't know what that gimmick is. Is that only recruiting? Cause you know, if you look at the mock drafts, if you recruited the top guys in Arizona, you got two first round draft picks and Bijan and and, and Ringo, mm-hmm. um, they're both projected as top 15 in, in one of the mock he- drafts. Um, and maybe it's, you know, maybe it's Juco, maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but you just say, you know, Kenny, you got, you got you got five to seven guaranteed years because it's going to take a few years to dig out of this. Uh, Unless I, you know, I think uh again, I think he is a rising star. Um, I think he's kind of, you know, I, I think he's going to be a love it or hate it kind of guy. Cause there's some stuff, you know, some of the getting in the chats of opposing teams and stuff like that, but that would be what I would do. And so do you believe- hire a young staff. I want, I don't want, I want maybe like two coaches over 45. I want, you know, a lot of, uh, um uh di- diversity on your staff I want Polynesian coaches I want African-American coaches I want uh Latino coaches and let's go do it and let's go uh be patient and, and try to rebuild
0: Brad do you believe do you give any credence to the rumors that it really picked up steam after a while that Antonio Pierce this entire time was a plant and in the ASU football program brought in to bring down ASU football and that Bobby Wade was brought in basically as his successor to the organization. Any credence to these rumors?
1: You know, there's, I would believe the Wade won more than I would Pierce just because of how strained Pierce's relationship was. But personally, I, I, I would not be shocked if we did not find out we had uh, a, a double uh, secret. Agent. Oh,
0: I was going to say a counter, uh, uh, what is that? A, uh, a double secret agent. Someone,
1: someone brought in, uh, Greg burned Arizona who did some really good things and some really bad things. Mm-hmm. And we gave them Antonio Pierce, Bobby Wade, and, and who knows who else
0: do you did? So you don't dismiss the possibility that these were plants. I in love
1: a- sports conspiracy theories. So I, I, I'll live with that one. Yeah.
0: All right. Now, and how about
1: that? Her might be a plant because he's best friends with, with Teddy.
0: Uh, they Brad, you this is dude. This is preaching to the choir, Scott. You need to start putting this out there right now. Start quoting William on all of this right here. Um, all right. Before we sign
1: off, and every- yes, Michael Jordan was suspended for eighteen months for gambling, and yes, the f- envelope was frozen, and yes, uh, the draft is rigged. I, uh, yeah, yeah, all of those. All right. Now, everybody was all. Everybody
0: was concerned about Adia Barnes, and you know she's losing a bunch of. I won't. I I know you weren't. That's why I'm gonna. That's why I'm gonna put it out there. Adia Barnes. Everybody's concerned that oh she's losing. Uh, she lost uh, ten players or whatever. Neglecting the fact that these ten players probably weren't going to play. That they were recruited over. Adia Barnes seemed very comfortable with the way that her roster was going to be. And oh yeah, by the way, you just nab an all conference player from the Big Twelve already from Oklahoma State. There's going to be more where that came from. Shouldn't we be at the point with the Dia Barnes where sure she you know she's not the greatest coach you know God's ever created but at the same time it's obvious that she knows what she's doing
1: there Brad. Okay. Um, how many players did loot lose to the transfer portal? Not the transfer portal back, but the transfer. Right. Um, some of them were good. Mm-hmm. Most of them. Most of them weren't. We're okay. Right. Um, how many did Sean Miller lose? And how many did Sean Miller really want to keep? Not I many. Think wa- I think he wanted Justin Simon. I mean, as good as Barcelona was for uh, BYU, Sean Miller, I don't think, shed a tear over his because he didn't work out here. Right. Um, people are very critical of Jed Fish because all these players are leaving. Where are they going? Well, right. If you're going to UL and Rose- in Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and... Uh, you've got to pair the roster. And and women's college basketball is because you have 15 scholarships. Mm-hmm. You can't play 15. You can't play 10. She right. plays eight usually. Mm-hmm. So losing, you know, yes, losing a couple high profile transfers, not ideal. Losing a high profile recruit, not ideal. But was Vonley going to play here? Well, and that's the thing. Was Boy Love going
0: to play here? And the best players too. And this
1: generally is what I go by. If you were
0: losing, play, play like if Kate Reese said, "I'm done with this. I'm out." Yeah. If uh, you know, if Lauren Ware said, "Yeah, thanks, but no, thanks. Um, I'm you know, I'm getting out of here." At, at that point, you're like, maybe there's a little something going on. But again, Brad, I thought you hit the nail on the head. These are players that weren't playing. That probably weren't going to play.
1: Look at the players who bailed on someone at the end. And granted, some of that was COVID related. Mm-hmm. You were going to miss. Uh, you know the the linebacker went to Texas Tech. You were going to miss the linebacker who went to West Virginia. I've already forgotten their name. Tony Fields actually Field. plays in the NFL. Tony Fields, yeah, UFA, and, an NFL player from the U of A. Yeah, you know a uh, couple of the DBs who love you know. I think Scotty Young's trying to get latch on right now. Those guys you're like, oh, those guys are good. Right. But you know, as much as I thought you know Bam looked okay in some, uh, you're not going to miss the fifth string running back who right. sat out for COVID. You're not going to miss the seventh receiver. Uh, you know, we like Drew Dixon because he's a good kid and he's from Tucson, but didn't he go to Covington College or something well, I, like that? Well, that, and that's the thing. And Drew
0: Dixon also at VASA Fitness, too, working out with Kim Aiken. I'm not kidding around. I've seen both of them there
1: many times, admiring me. And the good news is both of them are in the transfer. We're actually, no, again, Dixon found a I like Dixon. Good, really good kid. And Sabino but, kid, an east side guy. We always rep Arizona east side yeah, kids. He's not the difference in Arizona, Gaining a Correct. yard in his career, so Correct. again, Taylor Chavez seems like a really good kid. Had a one really good year at Oregon. I don't think you're going to miss her, and I know some people loved her because she's from Phoenix and she could. You know, she had a really good year at Oregon, but yeah, I'm going to trust Adia Barnes. And frankly, I don't think you'll see Adia carry more than 11 or 12 kids ever again, which is a shame right. because there's, or else she, that's what she's going to do. She's going to give them to the walk-ons, those scholarships. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but that's the way she's going to do it. And again, when, when, when Kate Reese leaves to go play a super senior season for someone else, when, you know, Lauren, Ware leaves, um, when people don't come back for an extra year, I mean, Kate Reese would be playing in the WNBA by most accounts. Right. That's what I would, worry that's when about. you started looking at it. I life don't life. worry about a girl who's going to get replaced. A player is going to get replaced by a McDonald's all American leaves. All right.
0: He is the irreplaceable Brad Alice. I am merely Mike Luke. Everybody on here, you guys are awesome. Sean, KB, Scott, all of you, you guys are the best. If anybody, let's see if uh, let's see here, Kahana from Litchfield Park. Thanks again. Appreciate you all, William. Appreciate you as always, my man. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Sounds good. All right. He's Brad Alice. I'm merely Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.